Hello, and welcome to the Flick Loving Chicks podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Ava. And this is our episode on Ghost World, which was written by Daniel Close and Terry Zweigoff, and directed by Terry Zweigoff. And it stars Thora Birch, Scarlett Johansson, and Steve Buscemi. Did you have any overall thoughts, Ava? I hated this movie. <laughs> I really, really did. Like... I did not like this movie at all. What did you hate so much about it? I didn't like any of the characters. I found none of them to be likable, and I don't necessarily need them to be likable, but then I want an interesting story, yeah. and there was no interesting story. No. And I just, it was boring, I couldn't relate to any of the characters, and I just wanted to stop watching the movie about five minutes in. Oh, <laughs> I feel really bad, because like... Everybody says this movie is really good, but I thought it was pretty terrible. The movie starts off, and we meet Enid, who's played by Thora Birch. And she and Rebecca go to their graduation. And then we learn that Enid has to take a summer class in art because she got an F, somehow. Yeah, I thought it was like, first of all, you can't graduate if you have to, like, take another class again. You can't graduate. And how does one get an F in art? Like, you get an F in art if you don't try at all. Like, yeah. there's no way to get an F in art if you put in, like, minimal effort. And she seemed like she really was, like, she seemed like she was good at art. And yeah. I don't know. <laughs> also, yeah, I feel like it was weird that she got that notice after graduation. But yeah. don't you, I feel like you learn about that before. Okay, and then they go to that, like, <laughs> party. I mean, I can't speak for all high schools, but I'm fairly certain there's not just, like, a big party for the gra- the whole graduating class. Like, individual seniors have their own graduation parties. Like, there's not just one big one for the school. <laughs> and if they're such, you know, cool kids, why did they go? Like, they like, hated oh, everybody. Cool for this. No one, no one told you you had to go. Yeah. Enid and Rebecca go to this coffee shop, and they see these, like, people they think are Satanists, and so then they follow them. There are way too many scenes in restaurants in this movie. Yeah, that you just, really, like, don't matter. Like, why are there so many scenes in restaurants? <laughs> we don't need as many. And then, yeah, and then after they go to the coffee shop, they go to a 50s-themed diner, that plays, like, 90s music for some reason. And they're looking in the newspaper, and they see this ad that this guy and this lady met at the airport, um, but they didn't, like, exchange numbers or names or anything, and so he's trying to find her again. So then... I don't know. They were just yeah. kind of, like, they were mean. I was like, why do you need to do this? Yeah. Like... So they, yeah, for some reason they decide to call him and pretend to be that lady. So I didn't like that they did that because this is a pretty terrible thing to do. But they did not seem like they were very nice people anyway, so. Yeah. So then they go to this convenience store to meet up with this guy named Josh. I don't know if they're really friends with him. They just kind of like to hang around, I guess. Yeah, they pester him. Yeah. Um, Also, I feel like it was weird. In the synopsis of the movie, there was like, it seemed like her... Rebecca was, like, gonna start hanging out with him more, and there was, like, none of that in the movie. Yeah, that was weird, because later, like, 
Enid was the one who had the crush on him, but I thought Rebecca had, or did I they both? I think she said that they both did, but oh. it was like, but it never didn't... really... They didn't talk about that. <laughs> There's this really weird guy at the store. Um, he, I guess he matters a little bit more later on in the plot, but I was like, why? So then the girls and Josh go to back to the diner, and the guy that they called shows up, and then he just orders a milkshake and leaves. Like, they just kind of watch him. <laughs> also, I don't know why she was like, he just ordered a glass of milk, and then he's like, it's a milkshake. <laughs> that was probably one of my favorite moments of the whole. Oh my god. And then they decide to follow him to his apartment for some reason. And they park right across the street from where he is. Like, they're not really trying to hide or anything, which I thought was weird. Enid goes to her makeup art class, and the teacher shows them this really... It's actually pretty disturbing. Um, mirror, father, mirror, or something. Yeah. Like that. It was really... She was annoying. Yeah, and, I didn't like her. Like, I understand that you're teaching, like, a summer art class. Summer school art class, which I don't even know if, like, that's not really a thing. Mm. They're mostly for classes that you, you know, you need to take to graduate, but I don't know. I have to do something. Let's leave that out. Yeah. Um, but, like, I, like, everything, this is, I don't know, this, this kind of encompasses, like, all the times so when we see her. There's, like, art doesn't have to have a message. Like, you know? Yeah. I know that was kind of, like, the point of her character or whatever. But I was, like, it frustrated me so much because I was, like, you know, there doesn't have to be, like, a political message behind it. I mean, it was kind of like that girl who was, like, kept making those stupid sculptures and was, like, this represents... Blah, 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 blah. My dad always gets so mad when we go to art museums, and there's, like, one slab of concrete, and they're like, this represents the immigrant experience because this to this. Yeah. It just, for me, it makes it less meaningful if someone's trying to tell me what it means. Like, I prefer to interpret it on my own. I didn't like the teacher because I thought it was weird how she just kind of shunned Enid even though she was the one who actually seemed to be trying the hardest. That, I don't remember what her name was, but this, the girl who kept, like, coming up with her political metaphors or whatever, I was like, why are you in summer school? How did you fail in art class? Like, yeah. you're obviously trying. I would expect people, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be the same teacher, but, like, I would expect people to be in summer school. Either you had some, like, something happen, which is fine, or, like, if you're taking an art class, that obviously means you didn't put in the effort the first time. So why are you trying so hard now? You obviously don't care. Yeah. Why would there be a person who cares that much? Yeah, that's true. I didn't really think about that. Enid and Rebecca go back to the guy's apartment and they decide to like look around, which is super creepy. Uh, they like look in people's mail. And then it turns out they're having like this weird garage sale and the guy is there. They're like, we have this garage sale every weekend. How many of that much stuff to give away? Are you buying yeah. <laughs> more stuff every weekend? Like. So then they meet the guy, and his name is Seymour. So then Enid decides to buy a record from him. So then she starts to kind of like Seymour, and Rebecca doesn't like him because she thinks he's kind of creepy. Then she dyes her hair green. Yeah, but then she dyes it black again, <laughs> like yeah. two scenes like, later. Oh. <laughs> 
also, how do you dye your hair that well at home? Yeah. Like, by yourself? You can't do that. You can't dye your hair. Like, if you have someone do it, it can look, it can look pretty nice. It's going to look better if you go to the salon. But if you do it by yourself, it's not going to look that good. No, hers looked really good, though. <laughs> it looked professionally Yeah. Done. Also, did you notice... That the, on the cover of the movie, she has blue hair. She never had blue hair. Yeah. She goes, Enid goes back to buy some more records from Seymour. They start to bond some more. And then the girls go to a record party, I guess, at Seymour's mm-hmm. apartment, um, where all these, like, creepy, weird old guys talk about records. And That was just weird. Also, yeah. why did he invite her? He was like, I didn't think you'd want to come. Why did you invite her? Yeah. It's not a thing that high schoolers should be like. <laughs> no, because all these creepy old guys were like hitting on them. and. This was another part that I was like, that's kind of. He was like, just the essential 1,500 records. I'm like, 1,500 records? Who the heck has that many records? That's insane. <laughs> Enid and Seymour talk for a little while about stuff, and she decides that she wants to set him up on a date. And so they just kind of start hanging out. And they decide to go to a porn store? That was just weird. Yeah. He seemed so uncomfortable. I'm like, you didn't have to take her. Also, why did he, she need, she was 18. Yeah, that's true. Or maybe she was 17. But I don't think you could go in there if you were under 18. So why did she need him? Yeah. Maybe she just wanted to go with him? (laughs) Seems weird. Yeah, that was weird. I don't know. That whole part was really odd. I don't know why that was in the movie. Um, <laughs> I mean, most of the things in this movie, I was like, why is this in here? <laughs> yeah. Some of them ended up becoming a little bit more clear. but then... Yeah. Rebecca starts working at a coffee shop because she wants to get some money to rent an apartment with Enid. And so Enid goes to visit her there, I guess. Rebecca starts talking to her about getting a job, too, so they can both pay for the apartment, but Enid's not really into that. Also, the trivia question was really odd. Well, I think it was just, like, it was supposed to be very hard for people to know, so they wouldn't have to give away free coffee. Oh, okay. Yeah, I do think it's weird how they just let him look it up online and still get the free coffee. Why did we just have a coffee to hand him? Yeah. <laughs> like, it takes time to make coffee. Just Even like... if you just have to pour it, he just, she just had a coffee to hand him. Yeah, so it would probably be cold. Enid and Seymour go to a concert, and she tries to set him up on a date with this lady. And it goes pretty wrong. He tries to talk to her about music, and yeah. um, he's just, like, way too technical and specific about it, so she's doesn't really care and then these like super weird blues singers like start this song about like picking cotton so that was weird yeah it was like you're three white guys who have obviously never picked cotton like you're like 20 and and yeah so that was pretty awkward um (laughs) so then and it's like it's fine if you're like blues fusion just don't call yourself traditional blues like so, also yeah did you notice it was terrible lip syncing really was like for the the guy who's like singing the i've been picking cotton or whatever oh yeah was, he looked like he was like mouthing along like two seconds behind and i was like <laughs> that's bad <laughs> sometimes i don't i think people who are actually singing look like they're lip syncing i don't know yeah it just looked really bad to me enid goes 
back to Seymour's apartment, and he starts telling her about this, like, chicken place that he worked at. Well, he works there. Well, he still works there. Okay, um, and, like, how their logo used to be really racist. There was just, like, a whole scene about that. So then Enid brings the weird logo to the, to her art class, and she's trying to talk about its message. And I was like, they're definitely setting this up so that the art teacher will look really disapproving the whole time and then love it at the end. And that's exactly what they did. I was like, it's <laughs> so predictable. Her art teacher finally realizes her talent or whatever. I don't know. Even though she didn't even paint it, she just, like, came up with the message. Art. Yeah. Um, and did she even come up with the message? It was pretty much what Seymour said, like, about it. So then Enid gets a job at a movie theater for one day because she, like, totally screws it up. Also, did you notice that her dad was, like, the most understanding, like, I was like, you know, he's not, he, he did tell her, like, maybe she should get, go to the city college part-time and, like, get a job, but then he never pressured her about, like, getting a job or moving out. I'm like, yeah, I was seriously? Like, <laughs> he was a good dad, but, like, he wasn't persistent enough yeah but he was like she should probably do something with her life i mean yeah like she can't even hold a job at a movie theater that's pretty uh, bad (laughs) um i was like also it's the summer after senior year if you're not going to college then the summer is like not actually a break right yeah i guess you could say that you're gonna get a job after summer is over but like if you're not gonna go to college there's no like official end to you yeah know, she was just kind of like chilling yeah if she was going to college that'd be different like you know it's your last break before college starts you should ha- at least be trying to figure something out and she was just not tr- she was just content to live with her dad and kind of like have him pay for everything and just kind of cruise on by so then it's seymour's birthday and she brings him like a hostess cupcake with a candle in it yeah also, okay, before that, they had that, like, garage sale thing. Oh, yeah. She, like, I was like, and she put everything out, and then she didn't want to sell anything. She's like, that's not for sale. $500. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not how that works. It's like, you already brought all that stuff out there. Obviously, already put some thought into, like, getting rid of it. Yeah, and then she put all the price tags on them, and... Also, if there was a price tag on it, why did he ask? Seymour gets a call from... The mystery blonde lady. Her name is Dana. So, yeah, then they decide to go on a date together. And well, only because right? Enid pressures him into actually believing it's her. Yeah. But she doesn't tell him that because, you know, more drama for later. Yeah. <laughs> After Seymour goes on the date with Dana, they... Things with him Dana. and... Sorry, Dana. <laughs> things with him and Enid start to kind of fall apart because he's spending more time with Dana, and, um, Dana thinks it's kind of weird that he's hanging out with, like, this 18-year-old, um, which makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Especially since they couldn't tell her how they met, because she didn't want to say that she was stalking him. Yeah. I mean, it was just, like, a whole... It just, everything is wrong. So then Enid's art teacher submits her for this scholarship full year, and everything's paid, but she kind of doesn't really care that much about it, because she just doesn't really care about her future that much, I don't think. The art show happens for the class, and 
Enid uses the the logo, the chicken place logo, and it gets censored because people are upset. And the newspaper takes pictures of it. And Enid doesn't go to the art show because she's trying to talk to Seymour. Things just keep getting worse between Enid and Seymour, and then Enid and Rebecca, and her scholar her scholarship gets taken away. Yeah, because she has to fail the art class, which I'm like again. So you can't <laughs> actually graduate, like yeah. <laughs> what? So at this point, I was like, the plot is just dragging and. I hate all these characters, and I don't know. It was just halfway through, I was kind of done. <laughs> I know you were done way before, though. <laughs> she goes over to Seymour's, and they sleep together. That I was disgusting. That's so gross. And then, of course, Enid ends up regretting it because, yeah. Ew. But then Seymour's like, oh, yeah, it's definitely going to work now, so I'm going to break up with Dana. Also, he he had no regrets about sleeping with a with basically a child. Like, yeah, like I don't like, know how old he was supposed to be, but he was definitely he was like way in his too 40s, old. Forties, I think, when this movie was made. So way too old. So then Enid and Rebecca are kind of falling out at this point, but then they still decide to move into this apartment together. I thought it was weird how Rebecca just kind of wasn't really even in the second half of the movie that much. Yeah. Not that I really wanted her to be. She was super boring, but, like, it was still I weird. I liked her better than Enid's character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. She was always a little bit nicer. Yeah. And she at least, like, had some ambitions and... As opposed to just Enid's, like, oh, I'm such a rebel. I'm such a rebel. But not, like, actually. But not really. So then Seymour gets in trouble with the Cook's Chicken Company because of the article in the newspaper about the logo. I don't know, did he, like, get fired, or... They didn't... I don't know, they never really said. Yeah. kind of seemed like he did. Enid's super upset, and she doesn't help Rebecca move in, or, like, talk to Seymour, I guess. So then Seymour goes over to the apartment, and Rebecca tells him about how they were pretending to be the mystery blonde, I don't know, I kind of understood why she did it. Because he's creepy, and she wanted to make him feel bad. Because she wanted him to stop hanging out with her best friend, and let her best friend come back. But yeah, Seymour gets super mad, because Rebecca gives him Enid's drawing book, which has, like, some pictures of Josh. Like, oh, I love Josh, blah, blah, Well, it's also, it has pictures of him at the, where he, like, showed up with his snazzy green cardigan, and he was <laughs> drinking his milkshake. He goes to the convenience store to beat up Josh and kind of, like, try to tear apart the shelf or something. And then he's weak and can't pull it off. Yeah. So then the weird mullet nunchuck man tries to <laughs> tries to choke him out. Um, he ends up in the hospital, and Enid goes to visit him, and she apologizes. Shows him the rest of her sketchbook, because there's... She's like, you're my hero. Like, this is just weird. Yeah. Why is he your hero? He's, like, literally so boring. They make up, and then Enid and Rebecca, they sort of make up, I guess. And then Seymour goes to therapy, and With, then... I'm fairly certain that was his mom, like, coming to pick him up. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, Enid gets on this bus and just goes somewhere, and then yeah. it ends. Well, I was like, 
I really hope this old man on a bench is going somewhere. Because I was like, if it doesn't, and he just keeps showing up, it's going to be really weird. And then he finally got on that bus and drove away. And I yeah. was like, weird. But also, <laughs> if this bus apparently was coming, which is, it shouldn't have been because they said there was no more bus. Yeah. Why hadn't he gotten on the bus before? And if the bus only came that like, didn't come regularly, how did she know when to get on the bus? Yeah, because... You know, how did she sit down right when that bus was coming? It wasn't like she could just, like, look up when the bus was coming. Well, because the old guy waited there for, like, two years, so it seemed like the bus just kind of showed up. So then why would it come back for her, like, a day later? No idea. It was a plot. That was stupid. It had, it had no, no actual relevance. Yeah. It was just like, she needs to leave. And she's going to run away. Like, she foreshadowed when she said, I just want to run away somewhere. That's kind of what I thought happened when Seymour showed up to the apartment and she wasn't there. And yeah. I was like, I think she ran away. She didn't run away. Yeah. Although she, she did have very thin eyebrows. Did you notice that? She had yeah. very thin eyebrows, and I hated that. I think it was a 2000 <laughs> thing, but I really hated it. I just hate thin eyebrows. I really hated this movie, too. Oh, my God. I don't know. It was so boring. Nothing happened. The characters had no personality traits. Other than being awful yeah. people. Like, they didn't have any redeemable personality no. traits. They have a redeemable personality trait. That makes them a little bit better. Yeah. Or at least, like, something you can relate to. Yeah. Because even as a teenager, like, I couldn't relate to them at all. Yeah. Because um, they just behaved like they were 20-year-olds or something. I don't know. It was weird. But I, I'm fine with unlikable characters as long as they have some, like, as long as they're interesting and they just didn't act or talk like teenagers or anything and, um. It just kind of, they kind of felt like some, like, adult's version of what, you know, rebellious teenagers are like. Yeah. And, and that's not accurate. <laughs> At least in my experience. I don't know, did you have any final thoughts? I hated it. (laughs) Was there anything, like, specific or... I was just, like, so done with everything. Like, I was like, this isn't going anywhere. It never ended up going anywhere. Like, it wasn't even, like, there was a satisfying conclusion. She just kind of ran away. Yeah, I didn't like how it just ended because, like, we don't even know where she went or... I think it was kind of the... Point. Yeah, but like, but, I don't know, it just wasn't satisfying enough. Because, like, uh, or she never did anything with her life until that point. So, like, would we expect her to suddenly change? Yeah. How is she How is she going to support herself? Yeah. She doesn't want to get a job. She can't hold down a job. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and tune in next week for our episode on I, Tanya. Um, Send us a voicemail, an email, check out our blog, and follow us on Instagram. We'll see you next week.